This is Trey Johnson, and I'd like to thank you for taking the time to listen to this teaching. I pray that it empowers you, encourages you, and motivates you to know God and to be who He's created you to be. Hello, this is Trey Johnson. Thank you so much for joining us today. If this is your first time, I want to encourage you to go to our website, TreyJohnsonMinistries.com. Look through all the things that we've got going. We are doing things around the world in a lot of different spheres of influence, and we want you to pray about just praying for us, being a part of what God's doing in this ministry. And if you've been joining us the past several weeks, we've been talking about the power of triumph, that triumph is ours. Coming into this season, God said triumph is ours. And so it, it takes a little bit to begin to renew our mind to the truth about triumph, that God was triumphant. He still is triumphant. Jesus triumphed over the power of the enemy, and He desires for you and I to triumph. Thanks be to God, the Word says, that always causes us to triumph. Now, the last week we got into talking about the hand of God. Now, where this comes from is 2022, the number 20. One of the meanings is the open hand of God, providing completely, freely, giving freely. 22 means in the middle of disorder, destruction, and chaos. So one of our spiritual fathers, one of the things that he said that God spoke to him is that in the midst of disorder, destruction, and chaos, God is going to open his hand and he is going to provide freely, extraordinarily, unusually. He's going to do things with his hands. You think about my hand. If I want to change and rearrange something, I'm going to use my hand. But you can't separate my hand from me as a person. Well, God is saying that he's wanting to open his hand in the middle of whatever's going on in this world and to provide for people who aren't shaken by all the disorder, destruction, and chaos. So I want to encourage you to Get into God's Word. Open up your ears. Open up your mind. Let's allow God to speak to us and reveal to us what is on His heart right now. And it is that His hand is wanting to be extended to you, to your family, to your business, to your physical body. God is changing and rearranging things by outstretching His hand. So let's get into God's Word and let's see what He has to say about this. In Psalms 145, verse 15 and 16, in the Amplified Classic, it says, The eyes of all wait for you, looking, watching, and expecting, and you give them their food in due season. You open your hand and satisfy every living thing with favor. So notice what our part is, is that our eyes, our spiritual eyes, our physical eyes, that our attention is focused upon Him. And what do we do when we're looking to God? We're expecting. See, in, in the Greek language, the word expect means to stretch out your neck like you're looking for something. Remember when you were a little kid and, and you couldn't wait for grandma and grandpa to get there or something and you were always anticipating, you were always looking, you had your head stretched out waiting for them to get there. Well, God is saying, I'm wanting you to look to me in such a way that you're expecting, you're looking, you're watching. He says, and I will open up my hand and satisfy every living thing with favor. I will open my hand. And I, I hope you're saying right where you're at, God wants to open his hand to me. See, in order to walk in the things of God, we've got to take ownership of our relationship with God and realize this is God speaking to me. God wants to extend his hand to me. 
Acts 10.34 says that God is no respecter of persons. So as we get into these scriptures about God reaching forth His hand, about God opening His hand, and what His hand represents, I want you to, to remember God is no respecter of person. If He did it for Moses, He'll do it for me. If He did it for David, He'll do it for me. If He did it for Abraham, He will do it for me. Another scripture is Psalms 104, verse 27 and 28. And it says, These all wait and are dependent upon you that you may give them their food in due season. When you give it to them, they gather it up and you open your hand and they are filled with good things. Notice he doesn't say filled with bad things. He says filled with good things. I, I just want to repeat what the Lord is saying. Triumph is ours. And in the middle of disorder, destruction, and chaos, he's opening his hand and he's providing extraordinarily unusual in, in ways that is going to just, it's going to be evident that God is in your family. God is with you. God is in your body. And he says right here, those who are dependent upon him. So I've got to ask myself, am I really dependent upon God or am I dependent upon my talent? Am I really dependent upon God or am I dependent upon my money? Am I really dependent upon God or am I dependent upon the government? When I'm dependent upon him, that's faith. Then it says he opens his hand. And he fills my life with good things, good, good things. James chapter 1, it talks about that God is, is good and he is good all the time. Romans 2, 4 says that it is the goodness of God that leads people to repentance. The David says in Psalms 27, what would have become of me had I not believed that I would see the goodness of God in the land of the living? Begin to expect to see the hand of God. Look for the hand of God. Watch for the hand of God. Be dependent upon God. And he says, I will stretch forth my hand and good things are coming in your body, in your family, in your business, and what you're called to do. God is wanting to extend his hand to you. Let's keep going. Psalms, uh, Isaiah 45, verse 11, it says, Thus says the Lord, the Holy One of Israel and His Maker, Ask me of things to come concerning my sons, concerning the works of my hands, you command me. Now think about this. I mean, my earthly father, I, I think of it this way. I respect him. I honor him still to this day. You know, uh, when he speaks, I want to honor his voice. And so if he were to tell me, Trey, you command me to do something and I'll do it, I would have to respectfully deny. <laughs> I'd have to, you know, Dad, you command me to do something, I'm on it. But for me to command you to do something? But I want you to think about what the word command means. It means to assign. It means to appoint. And God is saying, I need you to assign my hand to your situation. I need you to appoint my hand to your situation. I need you to ask me to move my hand in your situation. God, stretch forth your hand. Acts chapter 4, verse 29 and 30, they're going through all this stuff that the enemy stirring up in the early church. They go to God and they say, God, you see the threats, the things that are happening, and I'm asking you to stretch forth your hand. I want you to practice that. God, stretch forth your hand. And the Bible says that signs and wonders and healings and miracles begin to take place as God stretched out his hand. In Acts chapter 11, I believe it's verse 21. It says, The hand of the Lord was with them, and a great number believed and turned to the Lord. The hand of the Lord. God is wanting it to be evident that His hand is in our life. So let's look at what His hand represents. Remember, in the middle of disorder, destruction, chaos. 
God is going to open his hand and he's going to provide freely. Notice he doesn't come at you with a clenched fist. No, he's good and he's faithful and he's wanting to change and rearrange things with his hand. And we can't separate his hand from him. He's wanting to be involved in your life, in your marriage, in your business, and what you're called to do. He's wanting to stretch forth your hand. So don't be shaken by what's going on around. Stay focused on the author, the developer, and finisher of your faith, who is Jesus. He's wanting to stretch forth his hand in your life. Psalms 118, now his hand represents power. Listen to this scripture. He's talking about uh, the adversary. He says, you, my adversary, thrust sorely at me that I might fall, but the Lord helped me. See, John 10, 10, Jesus tells us it is the thief that steals, kills, and destroys. And right here, the psalmist is saying, okay, the adversary was after me, trying to take me out. But listen, he says, but the Lord helped me. The Lord is my strength and song. He has become my salvation. The voice of rejoicing and salvation is in the tents and private dwellings of the uncompromisingly righteous. So notice how he took ownership of who God was. Uh, when I read scriptures like this, it always reminds me of the time when the disciples went to Jesus in Matthew 16. And, and Jesus is talking to them and he says, now, who do men say that I am? And they say, well, one says you're John the Baptist, one says you're Elijah, one says you're Jeremiah, or one of the prophets. But Jesus looks at him, and he's looking at you and I right now, and he says, but who do you say that I am? And Peter goes on to say, well, you're Christ, you're the son of the living God. But I want to ask you the same question. Who do you say God is? Because he could be savior to one person and not savior to another person. He could be healer to someone and not healer to somebody else. He wants to be that to everybody. But until we take ownership of our inheritance, of our rights as children of God, he stays kind of far out there. But when we take ownership and we make a decision, this is my God. This is, this is the God of my salvation. Salvation doesn't just mean going to heaven. The word salvation means wholeness and soundness and provision and protection. It means everything that God is in your life. Completeness, wholeness, nothing missing, nothing broken. And he's saying, this is who God has become to me. God is my healer, my deliverer, my provider. And God is saying, I'm wanting to change and rearrange things by my hand, but I want, to, I want you to know me. So he goes on and says that God has become my salvation, the voice of rejoicing. I want you to think about yourself. I'm thinking about myself. The voice of rejoicing and salvation is in the tent and private de dwellings of the uncompromisingly righteous. In your house when nobody's around, do you have the voice of salvation? The word salvation, remember healing, soundness. Do you talk like God's showing up? Do you talk like you're the healed of the Lord? Do you talk like God is your provider? Do you talk like God is your deliverer? Are you talking like you're scared out of your mind, like you don't know what's going to happen next? No, it says the voice of salvation is in the house of the righteous. That's you if you're a born-again child of God. And he goes on to say, the right hand of the Lord does valiantly and achieves strength. The right hand of the Lord is exalted. The right hand of the Lord does valiantly and achieves strength. The word valiantly means that it's marked with determination. The word valiantly means heroic feats, that God is wanting to extend His hand and do stuff in your life that are undeniable. Think about it. His hand 
represents His power, and He wants to extend that hand in your life. No matter where you're at, nothing is too hard for our God. No situation is too far gone. Our God is wanting to extend His hand right now, no matter what you're going through. Psalms 138, verse 7 and 8, His hand represents deliverance. And it says, Though I walk in the midst of trouble, you will revive me. Think about that. In the midst of disorder, destruction, chaos, that sounds like trouble. You can look around in our world and you see there's all kinds of trouble all over the world. But it says right in the middle of that, I will revive you. The word revive in the Hebrew means a renewed strength, a renewed energy that right in the middle of the toughest time of your life, God is saying, I'm wanting to extend my hand and I'm wanting to revive you. I'm wanting to renew your energy. And then he goes on to say, and you will stretch forth your hand against the wrath of my enemies and your right hand will save me. The Lord will perfect that which concerns me. Your mercy and loving kindness, O Lord, endure forever. Forsake not the work of your hands. Notice his hand. In Isaiah 65, it talks about when God's hand is evident in the lives of his people, it's blessing. There's peace, there's protection, there's provision, there's overcoming, there's triumph there. But when he extends his hand, there's judgment to the enemy. Remember, people are not our enemy. It is the devil who steals, kills, and destroys. But God, when he stretches forth his hand, there's blessing to God's people and judgment to the enemy. And right here, he's saying, God, stretch forth your hand against the wrath of my enemy. Your right hand, it saves me. I want you to say it right now. God, stretch forth your hand against the wrath of my enemy. And God, save me with your right hand. God is wanting his super to come upon your natural. God is wanting his hand to reach into your life and change and rearrange things. Now, as we're reading these scriptures, Hebrews 8, 6 says that we have a better covenant built upon better promises. So when we see God doing this stuff for David, Moses, Noah, Abraham, we have a better covenant built upon better promises. He is the same yesterday. He is the same today. And He is the same forever. The same way He showed up for them, He wants to show up for you and I. But we've got to mix our faith with what we're hearing. Hebrews 4, 2, it says that the, the gospel they heard didn't do them any good because they did not mix their faith. So when you hear something like this, how do we mix our faith? God I receive that. I believe in my heart and I declare with my mouth, God, stretch forth your hand. I believe I receive you changing and rearranging things because you're good and you're good to me. Take ownership of your relationship with God today. Ask Him to stretch forth the hand to change and rearrange things in your life. The hand of God, it represents power. The hand of God, it represents deliverance. The hand of God, it represents guidance and protection and direction. The hand of God is wanting to be extended to you and I to help us fulfill our purpose. Listen to Ezra chapter 7 verses 6 and 28. It says, This Ezra came up from Babylon, and he was a skilled scribe in the law of Moses, which the Lord God of Israel had given the king granted him all his requests according, listen to this, according to the hand of the Lord his God upon him and has extended mercy to me before the king, his counselors, and before all the king's mighty princes. So I was encouraged as the hand of the Lord my God was upon me. I was encouraged because the hand of the Lord God was upon me. Now, an indicator that I'm in faith, an indicator that I'm believing God's word, Romans 15, 13 says there's joy 
and there's peace. And if God is no respecter of person and he is asking me to ask him, to appoint him, to assign him, to command his hand, to commission his hand in my life to change and rearrange things, then there's joy and peace. Just like Ezra says right here, I was encouraged because the hand of God is upon me. And when you begin to think that God is wanting to extend his hand to you and to change and rearrange things, it encourages you. If I truly believe that God is the same, it encourages me. If I truly believe he answers my prayers the same way he answers their prayers. It encourages me. If he truly delivers me the same way he delivered them, it encourages me. If he truly puts his hand upon my life, the same hand that parted the Red Sea, the same hand that delivered the children of Israel, the same hand. He says, I was encouraged because of the hand of God upon my life. Let's keep going. Ecclesiastes chapter 2, verses 24 through 26. It says, there's nothing better for a man than that he should eat and drink and make himself enjoy good in his labor. Even this I have seen is from the hand of God. For who can eat or who can have enjoyment any more than I can apart from him? Now this is Solomon. He was the richest man uh, at the time upon the earth. And he goes on and says, For though the person who pleases him, God gives wisdom and knowledge and joy, but to the sinner he gives the work of gathering and heaping up that he may give to the one who pleases God. This is also vanity and a striving after the wind and feeding on it. He says, you know what? I notice it's only from the hand of God when you and I enjoy what we're called to do, when we enjoy our purpose, we enjoy our work, we enjoy, we realize it's only from the hand of God because see, a person that pleases God is in faith. Like Ezra, I'm encouraged because God is wanting, in the middle of disordered destruction, He's wanting to extend His hand. With His hand, there is favor. With His hand, there's influence. With His hand, there's power. With His hand, there's deliverance. With His hand, there's signs, wonders, and miracles. That God is saying, I'm wanting to stretch forth my hand in your life. God, stretch forth your hand. I'm asking that as you're watching this broadcast, He's stretching forth your hand and things begin to change and rearrange. Now, let's look at 1 Chronicles chapter 4, verses 9 and 10. And remember, God is no respecter of person. Remember the early church, they asked God, stretch forth your hand. Acts eleven twenty one. God, that a great number turned and believed. What's the purpose of God's hand? That people know God. He wants him, uh, people to see His super upon your natural. But listen to 1 Chronicles chapter 4, verses 9 and 10. It says, Jabez was honorable above his brothers, but his mother named him Jabez, sorrow maker, saying, Because I bore him in pain, Jabez cried to the God of Israel, saying, Oh, that you would bless me and enlarge my border, and that your hand might be with me, and you would keep me from evil, so it might not hurt me. And God granted his request. Now, I've mentioned this before. But I want us to realize what took place in Jabez's life. From, uh, from the time of birth, his mom had just prophesied over him sorrow and pain because that's what the name Jabez means, painful, sorrow maker. So everywhere he went, people were declaring, you bring sorrow, you bring, bring pain. Can you imagine his self-image? And he got to the point that he was fed up. And in order for the Bible to become real, and in order for God's super to come upon our natural, in order to experience extended hand of God, we're going to have to get fed up in some areas of our life. So Jabez cried out to God. Now this wasn't 
a cry where he was sucking his thumb and pulling his ears. No, this was a, a cry of faith. This was a, a determination on the inside of him. The real him was crying out, God, I know you created me for more. God, I know you have more. I know you've promised more for me. God, I'm asking you to change my life. Pause. Have you ever called out to God and asked him to change your life? Remember in Matthew chapter 6 when the disciples come to Jesus and they say, Jesus, can you teach us to pray? Why, why would they ask him that? Because they had seen the blind eyes open. They'd seen the deaf ears open. They had seen the lame walk. They had seen the, the fish and the loaves multiplied and feed 20,000 people. They'd seen all these things, but they didn't ask Jesus, show us how to do that. They said, Jesus, will you teach us how to pray? Matthew 6, 9, and Jesus says, yes, this is how I want you to start the structure. When you're praying, recognize who you're talking to. He says, start it like this, our Father who art in heaven. Hallowed be your name. He's saying, Father means source. He was saying, acknowledge that I'm connecting to my source, the source of all strength, the source of all finances, the source of all physical healing. He is my source. Connect. And Jabez was crying out to the only one who could change his life. See, his whole life, he, he thought his life was a mess. He thought his life would go nowhere. He thought it was uh, unvaluable. The list could go on and on until he got to a point that he knew only God could change his life. He cried out to the God of Israel. And then he goes on to say, and oh, that you would bless me. Now, this wasn't, this wasn't just, oh, Lord, just give me money. No, the word bless means empower to move forward. The word bless means empower to prosper, empower to succeed. And this is a cry of faith. God, change my life. God, that you would bless me. And how did he come up with this prayer? See, the only time our prayers continually work is whenever they're based upon the word of God. And Jabez asked God to bless him according to what God promised to Abraham. Look at Genesis chapter 12, verses 1 through 2. It says, Now in Haran the Lord said to Abram, Go for yourself, for your own advantage, away from your country, from your relatives, from your father's house, to the land that I will show you. And I will make of you a great nation, and I will bless you with abundant increase of favors, and make your name famous and distinguished, and you will be a blessing, dispensing good to others. Now when you look at the name Haran, I want you to picture what's taking place here. God had called Abram's dad out, and his dad moved to this place, Haran. Haran means a place of settlement, a place of average, a place of comfort. And after his dad wouldn't move forward any longer, God speaks to Abram in the middle of this comfort zone. And he says, Abram, I want you to go because it's going to be for your advantage. See, anytime God speaks to you and I, it's to help us. Anytime God speaks to us, even if we don't understand, it's always to our advantage. He is a good God, and His Word is sent to help us, to empower us, to lift us up, to put us back together, to redeem us, to restore us. It is so powerful. It is the life of God. And God spoke, I want this to be for your advantage. So when God is saying, triumph is ours, I'm wanting to extend my hand, it is to our advantage. God is not a taker, a withholder. He's a giver of life and life more abundantly. So he finds Abram and he finds you and I. And, and as you and I are in Christ Jesus, we've asked Jesus to be our Lord and Savior. He, Abraham is the father of faith. And so the same promise that he made to Abram, the same promise he made to Jabez, the same promise that he makes to you and I, and this is what he says. He says, um, 
go for yourself for your own advantage away from your country, from your relatives, from your father's house to the land that I will show you. He was saying, I want you to go from the way that you used to do things. I want you to go from that way of thinking, that belief system, that level of awareness. And I want you to go to this place that I will show you. But notice he never would have experienced what God had for him if he wouldn't have taken that first step. Today, I want to encourage you to take the first step. What is the last thing that God told you to do? Maybe you're just tuning in. Maybe you've never uh, had a relationship with God. Well, today is the day to begin your journey. And God is saying, I'm wanting to extend my hand and change and rearrange things. I'm wanting to extend my hand to you. And so begin to cry out just like Jabez did. Not from a, And maybe you do have tears running down your face. Maybe you do have a, a sorrow and pain in your life. But God is the one who can change and rearrange things. Call out, God bless me. The same way you blessed Abram, the same way you blessed Jabez is the same way God wants to bless us. And he goes on to tell him, and I will show you and I will make of you a great nation. I will bless you with abundant increase of favors and make your name famous and distinguished and you will be a blessing dispensing good to others. Once again, what's the purpose of God revealing his goodness, extending his hands because he wants you to be blessed, to be a blessing. He wants you to Add value to people. He wants you to point people to Him. He wants you to lift up the name of Jesus in everything that you do. But it takes a step of obedience. It takes a step of faith. It takes calling out to God and, and beginning to ask Him, God bless me. I want you to, to do that right now. God bless me. Bless my kids. Bless my business. Bless what I'm called to do. And he goes on to say, and God, enlarge my territory. What was he? He wasn't just talking about land. He was talking about influence. God, enlarge me to the point where I have a greater impact for the glory of God. When's the last time you ask God to bless you? When's the last time you ask God to enlarge my territory, enlarge my influence, all for your glory? Not, not for your glory, but for his glory. All for his glory. God, bless me. Enlarge my territory. And he goes on. Uh, to say with this, after enlarging his territory, his border, that your hand might be with me. That your hand might be with me. So, so he cried out to the only one that could change his life. Then he asked him, God bless me. God, I want what you want. <laughs> How powerful is that statement? God, I want what you want. But see, most people are afraid of God. Most people are afraid that his plan isn't as good as their plan. Most people don't see God as the one who created them, the one who wired them, the one who designed them, and that he has a better plan than we could ever come up with. But Jabez is saying, God, bless me. I want to know you. I want your presence. Enlarge my territory. Enlarge me in here and enlarge me out here. All for your glory. God, let your hand be with me. Let your hand, he was saying, God, guide me. God, direct me. God, let it be evident that you're in me, with me, for me. God, reach into my circumstance and change and rearrange things. And he goes on to say that you would keep me from evil. And then it says, and God granted his request. How powerful is that? A man that says, God, I want what you want. And God granted his request. God bless me and God granted his request. God enlarged my territory and God granted his request. God stretched forth your hand and God granted his request. See, the prayer of Jabez overcame the name of Jabez. The prayer of faith overcame the sorrow, the pain, the hurt. 
It allowed God to show up in his life. God bless me, enlarge my territory, stretch forth your hand. What is it representing? God, show me your power. God, show me your presence. God, guide me, direct me. God is saying, I'm wanting to stretch forth my hand. And God granted his request. How powerful is that? And God granted his request. He's the same God that wants to grant your request. He's the same God that wants to do mighty things in your life today. Psalms 37, 4, I delight myself in the Lord and he gives me the desires of my heart. And God granted his request. Philippians 2, 13, it's God who works in us both to will and to do for his good pleasure. And he granted his request. Listen to John 15. Verses 7 and 8, 5, 7 and 8. And this is Jesus talking. He says, I am the vine. You are the branches. He who abides in me and I in him bears much fruit. For without me, you can do nothing. But if you abide in me and my word abides in you, you will ask what you desire and it shall be done for you. By this, my father is glorified that you bear much fruit. So shall you be my disciples. What was he what was he saying? Each of us, each of us desire to experience the presence of God. Each of us desire for God's promises to come to pass. And he's saying, my promises, I will stretch forth my hand and I will open my hand and I will provide freely and I will show up and I will be powerful. But I need you to ask me, ask me. And Jesus is saying, as you get to know me, I'm the vine, you're the branches. So the same desires that are in me are going to be the same desires that are in you. You're not going to ask for anything that's going to hurt you or destroy you. You're really going to ask, God, I want what you want. God, I want what you want for my marriage. God, I want what you want for my finances. God, I want what you want for my destiny. Not what religion has taught you. What does God say in his word? The answer is always, what does God say in his word? What does the scripture say? And Jesus says, when you discover that and it's in you and you know my heart, now you ask what you will and his will is that he extends his hand to your life and provides freely in the middle of disorder, destruction, and chaos. He says, and you're going to bear fruit, and my father is glorified. In other words, and he granted him his request. And he granted him his request. What, what if they said that about you? They, they want to say that about you. God wants them to say that about you. And he granted his request. But you and I, we've got to be bold enough to realize what season we're in, to realize what God is asking us, command the work of his hand, and he granted them their request. Try God, stretch forth your hand. God, stretch forth your hand. God, stretch forth your hand and touch tumors right now and they dissipate. Touch cancerous cells right now and they dissipate in the name of Jesus. Touch when God's hand shows up, healing shows up, provision shows up. 1 John 5, 14 and 15, listen to what it says. Now this is the confidence that we have in Him. That if we ask anything according to His will, He hears us. And if we know that He hears us, whatever we ask, we know that we have the petitions that we've asked of Him. And he granted them their request. This is the confidence we have in him. That if we ask anything according to his will, where do we find his will? In his word. It says when we ask according to his will, we know that he hears us. How can I know that God hears me? I'm asking according to his word. What is his word saying? Ask me, command my hand. Stretch forth your hand, assign my hand, appoint my hand into whatever area of life. Change, he wants to change and rearrange things. 
It says, when you know that he hears you, then you know you have the petitions that you've asked of him. And he granted them their request. He granted them their request. How powerful is that? I want you to approach God boldly because he tells us to Hebrews chapter 4, verse 15 and 16. It says, For we do not have a high priest who is unable to understand and sympathize and have a shared feeling with our weaknesses and infirmities and a liability to the assault of temptation, but one who has been tempted in every respect as we are, yet without sinning. Let us then fearlessly and confidently and boldly draw near to the throne of grace, the throne of God's unmerited favor to us sinner, that we may receive mercy for our failure and find grace to help in good time for every need, appropriate help, well-timed help coming just when we need it. And he granted them their request because they came fearlessly and confidently and boldly because Jesus knows exactly where you're at. He knows exactly what we're going through. He says, so come to me boldly, come to me confidently, receive my help in this time. He knew that we were going to live at such a time as this. And he says, in the middle of disorder and chaos, and destruction. I'm going to open my hand and I'm going to provide supernaturally, extraordinarily, unusually. I'm going to reach into your life and I'm going to change and rearrange things. But I need you to come confidently. I need you to come boldly. How can you be confident in the presence of God? You know his heart. You know his will. My, my kids, they can come to me confidently when they know what my will is for them, when they know what my heart is for them. When we know God's heart for us, he is a good father. When we come confident, maybe you don't know him as father. Maybe you just know him as God. There's some way out there thing. Today you can know him as God and the Holy Spirit will help you change the way you see God, that he is good. He'll never leave me nor forsake me. There's somebody watching that. Maybe you've gone through molestation or maybe you've gone through some very tragic stuff and you're blaming God. God is not the problem. God is the answer. And just like Jabez, take my sorrow and turn it into healing. Take my pain and turn it into healing. God, bless me. Enlarge my territory. Stretch forth your hand. Keep me from evil so it doesn't hurt me. God granted his request and God will grant your request. Call out to him. He'll watch over his word to perform it in your life. James chapter 5 verse 16, it says, The effectual fervent prayer of a righteous person avails much. There's tremendous power in its working available and it's working, the Amplified said. Tremendous power when you realize that you're in right standing with God because of Jesus and that He grants your request the same way He granted Jabez's request. He grants your request the same way He granted David's request. He grants your request the same way He did Paul and Peter and even Jesus. Oh. See, when we begin to realize that God wants to stretch forth His hand in my life, we approach Him confidently and fearlessly. Now, we're getting ready to be done, but I want you to turn with me to Job chapter 1, and we see another person that encountered God the same way Jabez did. It was a, God, I want what you want. The areas that I'm thinking wrong, help me think right. God, the areas that I'm off track, help me get on track. And in Job chapter 1, verse 3, it says, also his possessions were 7,000 sheep, 3,000 camels, 500 yoke of oxen, 500 female donkeys, and a very large household, so that this man was the greatest of all the people in the East. The greatest. The Bible says he was an upright man. 
But then Job got over into an area of fear. And there's all kinds of, of uh, religious teaching and, and teachings that talks about what well, is God that God gives and God takes away. And it, Job is the one that said that. That, isn't, that wasn't God's plan. That wasn't, in, that wasn't from the heart of God. But Job 3.25, it says that what Job greatly feared came upon him. What he dreaded came upon him. See, fear gives Satan a right to operate, just like faith gives God a right to operate. The thing that I greatly feared came upon me. Job was the greatest, but then he lost everything because he let fear become stronger than faith. Pause for a moment. You've got to be real with yourself. Where am I afraid? Where is their dread? Where is their fear and you might be saying, well, I've been taught, you know, a little bit of fear is good. Psalms 34 tells us that God will deliver us from all of our fears. 2 Timothy 1.7, it says that God didn't give us a spirit of fear, but of power, love, and a sound, calm, well-balanced mind. Now, yeah, don't stick your hand on a stove. Don't run out in front of a car. Don't do dumb stuff. But as far as the spirit of fear, Job got over into a place that he was afraid that his kids weren't going to serve God. He was afraid that bad things were happening. And he says, the thing that I greatly feared came upon me. See, your fear will attract the very thing that you're afraid of. He says, the thing that I dreaded, it came upon me. What are you dreading? What are you afraid of? But then throughout this process, I want you to listen. Then his buddy Bildad shows up and he begins to talk to Job in Job 8 verses 5 through 7. And he says, if you will seek God diligently and make your supplication to the Almighty, then if you are pure and upright, surely he will bestir himself for you and make your righteous dwelling prosperous again. And though your beginning was small, yet your latter end will greatly increase. Same heartbeat as Jabez. He knew God was the one that could restore his life. And right here, Bildad is talking to Job. Go, go back to God. Go back and to that place of relationship with God where your faith is connected to Him. And as you pray to Him and, and you're upright in heart and you're pure in heart and you're really after God, you're not being religious, you're not playing church, you're not looking at God as a, a lucky rabbit's foot or you're not looking at God as a slot machine. Maybe, you know, maybe He'll do it, maybe He won't. No, no, you're going to God knowing He is the one who wants to change your life. And He tells Him, he says, though your beginning was small, yet your latter end will greatly increase. Your latter end, when you get real with God, God will extend His hand. When we get real with God, we know His will. When we get real with God and we call out to Him, God, I need you. God, I desire. God, I want what you want. Say that with me. I want what you want. God, I want what you want. And then you'll see the next statement become a reality. And God granted them their request. Because you want what God wants, and He granted them His request. And He says, your, your latter end is going to become greater than your beginning. No matter where you're at, it might be messed up right now. Your latter end will become greater. Your latter end not might become greater. It will become greater when God gets involved. He stretches out His hand. Now listen to Job 42, verses 10 through 12. And this is the end. The, the whole story of Job, it lasts between 9 and 12 months. Yes, he went through hell on earth, but God restored his life. Listen to this. In Job 42, verse 10 and 12, it says, The Lord turned the captivity of Job, 
and restored his fortunes, and he prayed for his friends. Also the Lord gave Job twice as much as he had before, and the Lord blessed the latter days of Job more than his beginning, for he had 14,000 sheep, 6,000 camels, 1,000 yoke of oxen, 1,000 female donkeys. Think about how when God's hand showed up in his life, it totally restored his life. Remember Isaiah 45, 11, command the work of my hand. No matter how, you might be on the side of the road. You might be under a bridge living. You might be watching this at somebody's house and your life has fallen apart. People have left you. Maybe you have nothing and God is saying, I'm asking you to command my hand. I'm asking you to sign my hand to your marriage, to your business, to your physical body. Command the work of my hand. Appoint the work of my hand. Remember Acts, I just want to read this to you, 429 and 30. Now, Lord, look on their threats and grant to your servants that with all boldness they may speak your word by stretching out your hand to heal and that signs and wonders may be done through the name of your holy servant, Jesus. Stretch forth your hand. I want you to meditate on that. God wants to stretch forth His hand to me. He wants to change and rearrange things in, in my life, in my business, in my finances, in my physical body. Yes, right now, God is wanting to stretch forth His hand and to touch you right where you're at. He's wanting to change and rearrange things, but He needs us to command His hand, assign His hand, appoint His hand. I want you to go to bed thinking about the hand of God represents deliverance and power and restoration and redemption and victory and triumph and guidance. God, bless me. Enlarge my territory. Keep me from you. Stretch forth your hand. God, stretch forth your hand and change and rearrange things. I believe you got something out of tonight and, and I just want to pray for you. And I, I look forward to you tuning back in as we continue to grow in our relationship with God. Father, I just thank you so much for your faithfulness, for your goodness in our life. And Father, I'm asking you to stretch forth your hand right now and heal physical bodies. Stretch forth your hand. People that are watching this in, in hospitals, in, in wheelchairs, I ask you to stretch forth your hand that signs and wonders are done in the mighty name of your son Jesus. Stretch forth your hand that miracles come, finances come, that unusual, extraordinary, supernatural provision comes right in the middle of disorder, destruction, and chaos. God, stretch forth your hand. In the name of Jesus, amen. Now, if you prayed that and, and you ask God to stretch forth your hand tonight, if, if, if you're expecting that to become a reality, if, 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 if whenever, whenever this begins to manifest in your contact us, TreyJohnsonMinistries.com. Let us know about the signs, the wonders, and miracles. Let us know how God's hand reached into your marriage, your business, and things begin to turn around. And you know what? I want to encourage you to, to pray about becoming a partner of this ministry. As we go around the world, every person that's saved, healed, delivered, set free, you're part of that. I'm praying for you. We ask you to pray for us. And until next time, this is Trey Johnson. I look forward to seeing you again soon.